Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at prestigesubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now, you can go to the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive the latest in travel news and some travel tips, and there's just going to be a lot of information that can help you dream big as we move into the days ahead. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, pretty much all podcast platforms have Speaking of Travel. So you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world. Well, speaking of the whole wide world, the the idea that travel has come to somewhat of a halt across the, across the globe uh, is, is an unimaginable thought. And I always am uh, reminded that the way that we do get from one place to the other is through our airports. They are the most functional and important part of the infrastructure, uh, not only in the best of times, but even in these times. And here today to give us an update about the Asheville Regional Airport and what's going on here locally is Tina Kinsey. Tina is the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, thank you so much for coming here today and telling us a, a little bit about what's going on over there. Well, you are very welcome. I appreciate that you uh, try to keep keep all of us focused on the magic of travel um, and balance with the reality of what's happening right now. Well, people have to keep dreaming and we have to keep the reality that, that this will soon be over, maybe not over in the way that we'd like it to be over completely, but to a point where we will be able to, to get on the road again and, and get in, get in our cars or get on a plane and and go visit other places and Tina I know that the airport continues to be open that people continue to show up every day and do their jobs what's it like is it still kind of uh kind of slow over there well yes it is Uh, it's the terminal is very empty most of the time um to give perspective Uh, You know, we've had record years of passenger utilization for the last 
six years in a row. Um, and on our busiest days, uh, you know, we'll have over, bet- you know, over 3,000 people uh, boarding planes. Um, and the same number of people getting off of the plane. So just the terminal is is very bustling and busy almost all the time. And right now we're seeing anywhere from 50 to about 80 passengers a day. And that that's a huge, huge drop. Um, we're not alone. That's what's happening, as you said in your introduction. It's happening globally. Um, travel has come to a near halt. So, you know, it's for those of us who love travel and aviation and just the vibe of being in an airport, it's it is very sad. It's it's hard to see something we never imagined. Um, but the silver lining is, you know, the uh, people who work in aviation are amazing people and they um, they're showing up. They're keeping the airport open, clean, safe, operational, um, you know, and doing what we have to do. And it's it's terrific to see. That is really it. It is heartwarming, really, because one thing that I've I've been doing a lot of research and doing uh, a bit of reading about uh, what's going on, not just here in our own backyard, but what's going on globally, is that uh, people are coming together. People are, uh, there are so many creative ways that uh, the larger global community are coming together. And I just suspect uh, and hope that when we're able to get back to our travel wander lust and go places that because we've created now this smaller global world where people are communicating with each other all the time that we're going to we're going to want to go visit them yeah yeah i i really believe that um you know the magic of travel is how the world becomes so much smaller um, and our minds and our hearts grow so much, so much larger through the experience of travel. Um, and I just don't think we're going to want, no one is going to want to give that up. In fact, it may become even more important and cherished after going through what we're all going through right now. So, um, you know, we're definitely just keeping things going so that we remain ready for when the world gets ready to travel again. I agree. And I and I am so, like you said, I admire the commitment. Uh, you know, the airport is such an important infrastructure for uh, for everything, for not only moving people, but yeah. moving goods. And um, you know, whenever I see an airplane pass overhead, I think, oh, my goodness, where are they going? They're taking important supplies someplace. Yeah. They're taking needed um, health care workers uh, from point A to point B that, right. you know, everybody there on the ground at the airport, the custodians and the maintenance professionals and the uh, public safety officers, they're all there uh, to to ensure that those people and and those goods and services that need to get it in and out uh, are safe and and timely. That's right. And, you know, I, I'd like to mention also during this time, another silver silver lining is some of the things that we have to do 
that really are kind of hard to do um, when we're bustling and busy um, are moving forward and we're able to really focus on these things right now and get them completed. So for instance, um, we are nearly finished um, constructing a, a new shuttle remote parking lot um, that we will need again, um, you know, so that's been easier to finish um, without all of the cars and the people. Um, we're making extraordinary progress on a big utility upgrade along the front of the terminal, which, you know, we had to tear up the road in front of the airport in order to do this. So, of course, much easier when we don't have a lot of traffic. Um, you know, so these kinds of things are continuing to move forward. And, you know, we're glad that we're able to get those things completed as well. Well, that is a silver lining in a way, because people would have been complaining, like, you know, that <laughs> they couldn't get in front of the airport terminal or you know, now they're going to be able to have a shuttle. I think that's really awesome. So is that parking yeah. lot going to be uh, just further down from where the parking lot is now? No, directly across the street from the main entrance. Oh, so right across yeah. the street, people yes. will be able to park and then take a shuttle. I love that. Yes, right to the uh, front curb and just hop out with your luggage and go straight to security. Well, that's going to give us something to look forward to when we're yeah. ready to get back out there and not have to worry about ever finding a parking place again. Right, right. I mean, I really anticipate that once things open up, that that airport is going to continue to be at that level slowly, but surely over time uh, to where you were and that all these improvements are going to be ready and just make travel so much easier. That's right. And, you know, we're just grateful to our region, um, you know, folks who continue to use their local airport and, you know, we're, we're focused on making sure that we're here for the long term um, and again ready when you are well tina how can people find out more i know that you have a lot of frequently asked questions up on your website why don't you tell us how we can get more information and just keep sure. up with it Absolutely. So um, always access our website at flyavl.com. But then, um, you know, another great thing to do on our website, you can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. It's called Window Seat. Um, and we do send out uh, very specific information about what's happening at the airport. And we encourage our local travelers as well as people who enjoy traveling to our area through the airport to sign up for that. Um, and, you know, we're happy to share any information, any questions that people have, we will gladly answer. Well, Tina, thank you so much again for being on Speaking of Travel and keeping us up to date with what's going on. I feel, I just feel very strongly that in this, in this time, it's important uh, for all of us who love to travel, who dream of traveling, who want to travel when, when the time comes to be, uh, to kept to be kept in the loop uh in in the loop with our with our main infrastructure of uh of travel and transportation so thank you again for for being here and and showing up well thank you marilyn it's been a pleasure 
All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. And coming up next is Roland Colton. Roland is a world traveler. He's a pianist, but he's also the author of Forever Gentleman, which is a groundbreaking historical novel that mates music with the written word. Roland is really a fascinating uh, person, and he has a lot to talk about as, uh, as he as he travels around the world himself. So this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Hi, I'm Kay, the founder and owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You usually hear me talking about our tours from the rooftops in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Currently, our country and the world are going through an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the fear and economic uncertainty that it is creating in our world. We in Asheville, a city that has been welcoming tourists to the healing properties of our Blue Ridge Mountains since the 1800s, are feeling it as well. Many things have been put on hold, but together we will get through this. Our times to explore the world or even our local hometowns and reconnect with friends and loved ones is in our future. Be strong, stay safe, and when you are in Asheville, look us up. We would love to show you the city from a bird's eye view. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way. For the way, we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Nashville. And welcome to Subieville. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Hi, it's Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. So... Do you ever feel there are times when you just need to forget about everything and be swept away to another world? Well, there are many ways you can do this, but I'll tell you my favorite way is to snuggle up with a good book and be taken on a journey. And where else will you find suspense and romance and mystery than in Victorian England? And while you're there, how about tuning in for some music? Well, guess what? We're in luck today. My guest is the author of Forever Gentleman, and it is a groundbreaking historical novel that mates music with the written word. And Roland Colton is not only an accomplished author, but he's a pianist and a world traveler. He grew up in Utah. He moved to California. He became a trial attorney. Now he spends his summer in France uh, Roland, welcome to the show. Marilyn, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be on. I'll tell you, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> You've got all of it going on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, it, life is a lot more interesting. If you have more than one uh, area that you, you have a particular interest in, and I have a lot of passions in my life. You absolutely do. Well, tell us a little bit about your life, Roland. Tell us a little bit about, you grew up in Utah, then you moved to California, you became an attorney, you go to France. What, how are you doing all of this? 
Well, it uh, sometimes it can be a challenge, especially since uh, in in working as a trial attorney, uh, I often have to do work in uh, France while I'm uh, at our a summer property there. But uh, I just uh, I I like a life that's full of a lot of different things, and uh, uh, over the years I've uh, decided to. Uh, expand my horizons a little bit by becoming an author as well as a pianist and uh, attorney. And so let's talk a little bit about this Forever Gentleman book that you wrote. It's very uh, reminiscent of 19th century authors. Do you feel like you're maybe channeling one while you were writing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Charles Dixon, Dickens and I had uh, some uh, nocturnal conversations about this book, of course. Uh, but seriously, uh, I did spend a lot of time immersing myself in 19th century literature, or 20th, 19th century literature, uh, and Dickens was one of my favorite, Wilkie Collins, another, Charles, uh, Emily, the Bronte sisters, et cetera, et cetera. So I really was interested in trying to give the reader the same type of experience by the written word that they have with some of the great 19th century authors. I make no pretense to be on the same par as them, but uh, it was a fun experience. Well, how did you come up with the idea for the music e-version? Well, when I was writing the book, uh, of course, a lot of there's a lot of the classical music that takes place in the book. I could listen to the music in my mind I, because I'm familiar with the pieces, but it uh, it dawned on me that a lot of the readers would probably not know uh, many of the pieces, uh, and it wouldn't be the same experience for them. So I wanted to give them the same experience I had while writing the book to enable them to also hear the music, not just the description by words. So the music is actually music that's being composed by a, a fictional character that you've created in your in your head? Well, some of it is. We have about 60 listening opportunities in the book, most of which, of course, are pieces that some are well-known, some are not as well-known. But there were three or four that had never been composed. And the fictional character, Nathan Sinclair, in this case, a pianist, uh, we needed to have those pieces composed in order to complete uh, the book and the e-version. So uh, that was quite an experience. Well, give me an idea, Roland, of how that of how that experience even uh, unfolded for you. Like, did it just come out of sitting and, and being in a peaceful place? What was it like for you when, when you went through this process? Well, it was quite a challenge. Uh, one of the things that we did that I thought was uh, pr is pretty interesting is we had held an international composition contest because uh, although I'm a pianist, I don't really consider myself a composer of, of any stature. And I wanted the word to get out. So uh, I happened on a site called the Composer Site and received, believe it or not, about 400 entries from almost every country in the world. I was just blown away. And it was a fantastic experience. I would get two or three of these to review every day. And ultimately, there were three particular people who ended up winning the prize, the cash prize, and also uh, their recording, of course, is reflected in the book now. Wow, that is really very clever. That was a very clever idea. It was a little Tom Sawyer-ish in a way, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it was a fun experience as well as I, I think the readers will enjoy the music. The, the, uh, the finalists who won, one from uh, the UK, a 16-year-old, believe it or not, oh. from Australia, was another winner, and then we had one from the States. But the music that they wrote was just amazing, and it uh, it was followed the script of the book, so uh, it couldn't have turned out better. What a wonderful 
uh, blending of of creativity and the arts and and everything that goes into it. But I'm wondering what what made you decide to choose Victorian England during this 1860s 1870s period as a setting? It's always been a period that has held great fascination for me. Uh, a time when there was an explosion of genius. Uh, of course, I'm fo- focusing on the musical genius, but in so many other areas. And it was interesting to me how people uh, lived far better than they do today if you were in the aristocracy, the very tiny minority, while the masses lived in, uh, if not poverty, uh, certainly did not have uh, all the all the um, benefits of life that they would have liked to. So my book contrasts basically uh, an individual, Nathan Sinclair, the pianist, who mingles with the English gentry while also living in suffocating poverty himself. And it uh, so it provides kind of an interesting uh, contrast in uh, the way the world was back then. That is so fascinating. And, and it's just been a, a time frame that uh, resonated with you and and created this uh, desire to create a, a whole story around it. Well, we have also another interesting thing that was going on. The sewage system in London uh, in the 1860s was horrific. Uh, some people may recall it being referred to as the big stink. It was so bad that people had a difficult time breathing. And uh, my book... Uh, uh, arrives when this uh, the solution for this sanitation nightmare is finally coming together, and we're seeing it happening in my book on the on the west side of London, where uh, literally uh, tens of thousands of uh, brick intercepting uh, uh, sewer sewers or aqueducts are being installed to relieve London of the situation. So it's just at the dawning of the time when. London is able to breathe finally. Wow. It sounds like you really had to do a lot of research to find out all of these little details. Well, you know, I spent at least uh, a thousand, maybe 1500 hours researching uh, everything pertaining to this time era and uh, found an incredible amount of resource material. Uh, Victorian Webb, the Athenium, which provided me with uh, concerts that actually took place at that time, which my characters attend, and critical reviews of their performance. I mean, I might, I tried to make it as authentic as possible, not just with the events, the the venues, uh, what people ate, the fast food that was very prominent and actually quite delicious back then. Uh, so I did everything in my power to really transport the reader back in time. Well, it sounds like... It, we can escape. You know, I was talking about the great escape. How can we just kind of uh, get to another place? And it sounds like Forever Gentleman is definitely uh, a, a starting off place to transform yourself, transport yourself to another time. How can we get uh, tuned into all of this, Roland? Well, the book is available at the Apple Bookstore. Type in the name Forever Gentleman, and you'll find it. Also, you can obtain the book from my rep website. It's rolandcolton.com, uh, and that's R-O-L-A-N-D-C-O-L-T-O-N.com. Well, Roland, when we come back, I want to talk more about um, your travel to areas in England and France that you describe in the book, and and definitely I want to talk about your place in France that you go to every summer. You know, that's just, now you're really talking my language. 
<laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you. Well, this is Marilyn Baugh. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here today with Roland Colton. We're talking about his book uh, that takes place in Victorian England, Forever Gentlemen. Hi, this is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'd like to invite you to travel with me on a virtual tour of one of the most famous UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Pull up Google Earth in your browser and type in UNESCO, that's U-N-E-S-C-O. One of the places on my bucket list is the Taj Mahal of India. On Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map, you can click into the street view of the Taj Mahal, and soon you'll be wandering the grounds. You can virtually stroll alongside the imaging pool, climb the stairs, and walk right up to touch the stones of the famed mausoleum. UNESCO called it the jewel of Muslim art in India and one of the universally admired masterpieces of the world's heritage. Another thing to know about the Taj Mahal, it's located near the city of Agra, which is also a traveler's hub for medical tourism. I hope you'll enjoy your virtual tour of the Taj Mahal on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'm wishing you all the best for your travels near and far. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, I'm back with Roland Colton. He is not only an accomplished author, but a pianist and a world traveler. Roland, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. I'm so happy to be here and uh, enjoying uh, very much being with you. Thank you. And so, Roland, you you travel. You're a world traveler. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um in order to write this book that takes place in Victorian England, I, I guess you must have traveled to areas in England and France that are m- described in the book. How did that unfold? Well, I thought it would be important to have as much realism in the book as possible. So part of my research in, uh, involved actually visiting areas that I discuss in my book. Now, London's changed a little bit in 150 years, of course. Uh, so there are some venues that, quite frankly, don't even exist anymore. But uh, places like Kensington Park and some of the museums, I was able to uh, venture in and actually experience what things were like uh in Victorian England. And the same held true to a lesser extent in France. Uh, Nathan Sinclair, the main character in the book, grew up in a little village called Moray-sur-Loin, which is about uh, maybe 30, 40 miles uh, southeast of Paris. Uh, And so I had some fun with that, uh, kind of uh, going back to his reminiscences when he was a young man uh, and some of the things that he visualized there. It's a minor portion of the book, but it was uh, also fun getting into that a bit. That does sound like a lot of fun. Well, let's talk a little bit about you personally. You grew up in Utah. You moved to California. You became an attorney, but it sounds like you've been a traveler. Did you travel when you were a kid? How did traveling become a part of your, your, your life? Well, it was probably because uh, in my family, we couldn't really afford to travel anywhere of consequence. I think the, the biggest travel we had was to a neighboring state when I grew up in Utah uh, to, to see relatives. 
And so maybe it was that lack of experiencing travel that gave me a burning desire to visit uh, a lot of parts of the world. And uh, when I visited uh, uh, Europe for the first time as a young man, I was just absolutely blown away. And it became my lifelong dream uh, when I was young to actually acquire some property in Europe where I could make frequent visits and kind of use it as a launching pad to visit other parts of, of Europe. Uh, my, my main uh, travel interests have been in the Europe, uh, Scandinavian area, although I'm certainly uh, very much a, a traveler of other area and destinations in the world. So you ended up actually purchasing some land in, in France. Let's talk about, about that. How long have you uh, been summering there? It's been now about 21 years, and um, we have just, uh, it's the most magical, amazing experience you can imagine. We have a lot of land. It's about 110 acres, uh, and we have a beautiful forest that was a Parisian architect uh, from 150 years ago, uh, was involved in planning and designing uh, the land, the meadows, the lake, uh, everything. And uh, just it's an area that's so serene and peaceful. There's no, no place better on earth than to sit there on uh, the terrace of our, bu- our building there and, and begin writing. Oh, is that where you did a lot of your writing for this book? I did. And uh, early on, uh, during the time that we were going there, I would spend more time uh, because of the situation with my law practice. But uh, uh, even in the last five or six years, we typically spend a month, a month and a half there. And uh, I'm able in uh, in one day to accomplish far more in writing than I can in a week or two here in the States. So it's really a tremendous venue for that. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It sounds like a place where you can go to escape. <laughs> Absolutely. And it it really is a, a very serene and beautiful place. And uh, it's as I said, it's a magical area. We're out in the country, and there are a lot of fantastic things that take place in France. We have uh, street parties in some of the small villages nearby that are just amazing. Uh, crafts and food is available from the locals. Music is playing. People are dancing in the streets. I mean, I I don't see anything like here. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist in the States, but it is truly a, a, an incredible experience there. Oh, it sounds wonderful. I, I'm definitely putting this on a list here, Roland, of places <laughs> to come and visit, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure there must be a piano there. You're a pianist. Let's talk about that because you're a trial attorney and an author and a pianist. Is that something? Did you take piano lessons when you were a kid? How did that unfold? I grew up in a family of seven kids. My mother was an accomplished pianist, as was my father. And uh, so all of the my siblings started on the, on the piano. I'm the one that went much further than the others. Uh, I'm not even sure why, but uh, because I was really much more interested in sports when I was a young man than uh, the keyboard. But uh, the, the place in France, uh, I have to describe this for you. We have a music room that overlooks the meadow and forest. And uh, if I open the doors, they're floor to ceiling about 17 feet high. Uh, I get a beautiful, uh, gentle breeze that comes in as I'm performing. I have I have the good fortune to have a concert grand Steinway piano, 
and uh, the music is just so rich and uh, so beautiful uh, when it's played there. So it's a fantastic setting uh, for playing the piano, and uh, I really owe a lot to my parents for uh, their example, and uh, classical music was something that we heard 24-7. I didn't really appreciate it the way I should have until I became a young man uh, and left my ho- our home and started hearing some of the pieces that I had heard earlier as a young child. That is really a, a wonderful uh, testament to their love of music and sharing that with everybody and, and all your siblings. And then for you to be able to incorporate it into this book, I want to talk a little bit more about that, Roland, because... It's it, tell me how this e version of Forever Gentleman is. How how if I went to get it, how would it come to me? Well, the e version is something that uh basically you just download on an iPad, on an iPhone, uh something along those lines. And when you receive the e version, uh it there's a lot of files there. There's, six, there's actually 10 hours of embedded music in this book. So when you start reading, you read it like any Kindle ber- version of a book you would, and then you get to a point where there's a little icon, and the very first one happens to be a, a quartet by Mozart that is playing in the background. You click onto that, and you hear the music as you're reading what's transpiring in that home. And then uh, uh, soon after that, Nathan Sinclair begins performing uh, a Chopin ballade. So as I'm describing that work and the events that are taking place while he's performing, you're actually listening to the music as it takes place. Roland, I've never heard of such a thing. This is so innovative and so clever. I Again, I'm just curious, as you were putting all of this together in your head, what were you thinking? You're writing, and then are you thinking, oh, this would be a beautiful place to insert music? Well, <clears throat> part of the reason I wrote this book is because there is really a dearth of books that focus on classical music that are fictional. Uh, they they are hard to find, and I, believe me, I've tried, and I thought, we need some more uh, entries in this field because people like myself who love classical music – uh, like to hear about it and read about it. And uh, in my case, I wanted to give the reader an immersive experience to transport them back into time, just the way a Charles Dickens does, Dickens does with the written word and the dialogue and things of that nature. But by adding the element of music, I think it really enhances the reader's experience. Well, I can tell you in this in this day and time, being able to really snuggle up <clears throat> excuse me, and forget about everything, this would be the perfect book slash music experience, immersive experience right here. So, Roland, how can we get more information? How can we get this book? Well, the book is available at the Apple Bookstore, and you can also access the book if you go to my website, which, by the way, includes the music from the champion winners of the composition contest. So that may be interesting for some of the readers to listen to. But the website is rolandcolton.com, R-O-L-A-N-D-C-O-L-T-O-N.com. Well, Roland, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. I can't wait to uh, just immerse myself in this whole experience. It just sounds fascinating and wonderful and beautiful and And I look forward to talking to you again down the road and 
uh, hearing more about what you're what you're doing and are you working on a new project right now? I am. I have a new book that I am just getting ready to submit uh, to a couple of publishers and um, a complete departure from this book, but it involves another passion of mine. And uh, <clears throat> if you'd like, I can expound on that, but I can save it for the next time. Well, I'll save it for the next time, and we'll do a whole nother talk just about that. But fingers crossed it'll be published. We'll look forward to hearing more about it. I look forward to coming back on your program, Marilyn. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. When we come back, we'll catch up with our friend Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we welcome folks from around the world and locally onto our tours. People love to travel and discover new places and new experiences, and we love being a part of that here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Most of us right now are not traveling due to the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the globe. While travel and tourism make up the biggest part of our regional economy, providing thousands of jobs, and our community greatly feels that loss in tourism right now, we know that there will be time to travel safely in the near future. We wish everyone good health and safety during this time. Community is what brings us together. We at Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours look forward to welcoming you to our community and showing you the city from a bird's eye view. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals, don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog, rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville, Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, it's time to catch up with our fellow traveler, Doc Lawrence, as he takes us down memory lane. Are you dreaming of travel? Well, settle back as Doc shares some tales of life growing up on the road. Doc, we are really missing you out on the Gourmet Highway these days and can't wait for the time that we can traverse the highways and byways of our beloved backyards together. Marilyn, we both agreed that we're really not on an island. With deference to the Scottish poet John Donne, whenever someone suffers or is afraid, it affects each of us. We are one, always have been, and always will be. Through this spirit of unity, no crisis can defeat us. While we won't be doing any traveling for a while, that doesn't mean we shouldn't dream about better days ahead and do some planning. After all, Travel is the realization of our dreams, a priceless gift from our imagination. Each of us remembers stories in books or movies that elevated our spirits during childhood. Mark Twain's Life on the Mississippi, Huckleberry and Jim, Running and Hiding, musicals like South Pacific, Singing in the Rain, and Oklahoma. We were inspired to seek out new places, find new faces, and feel the exhilaration from the thrill of air never breathed before. I want to keep that ambition, extend that vision, and start dreaming about 
those destinations in the near future. I took a little time, Marilyn, to revisit many of the columns I've written over the years. What an amazing journey, an affirmation of my personal growth that would not have happened if I'd stayed home. Wanderlust enriched me, and it'll do the same for anybody. I just didn't read Jack Kerouac's On the Road. I tried to live it. Actual travel experiences began for me early on. Baseball in college took me as a teen to the Caribbean, then Key West, and at 17, a freshman at FSU. Florida opened up a new world where cuisine was as diverse as the population. Cracker Heritage at Marjorie Kennan Rawlings Cross Creek. Spanish cooking traditions in St. Augustine. Chowder in the Cock Republic. Cuban sandwiches. Ybor City's unsurpassed cuisine and flamenco music. Saltshell crabs and fried grouper. Swamp cabbage. Pender palm jelly. Tupelo honey. Mangoes. Smoked mullet dip. And heaven knows what else. Florida was my personal awakening. New worlds of flavor and aroma translated into more enjoyment at the dinner table. It's impossible to have these experiences confined to one place. Mobility educates the palate. Florida also opened up much of the South for me. Like the conquistadors 500 years before, I journeyed to New Orleans, hitchhiking three times Maryland with only a few bucks. I discovered the French Quarter and learned to stretch a buck reading and sipping coffee in Parrot's Alley. Later, I learned that William Faulkner and Tennessee Williams followed a similar route. Poor people and poor writers do similar things. I never forgot the kindness and generosity of locals there, who almost without effort practiced the art of joie de vivre better than anyone, anywhere. I returned many times, able to dine in legendary restaurants and enjoy the great galleries and museums. French, Spanish, Italian, German, Creole, and Cajun dishes broaden a worldview. Wines, to my surprise, really belonged at the dinner table, and with a little thought, paired quite nicely with almost anything. One cardinal rule remains. When in doubt, drink champagne. Everything, including barbecue, welcomes it. Names like Chef John Fulce, Paul Prudhomme, Dickie Brennan, Justin Wilson, Emerald, and dozens more still influence almost everything I write or produce. This plague is going to wane and disappear. Even before the all-clear sounds, I am committed to starting new adventures, blending fantasy into those highly anticipated experiences. Dinner with Scott Joplin in St. Louis. Devouring baby back ribs with a background of ragtime classics. Enjoyed with Missouri wine like Norton. Irish whiskey. You know, I prefer Jameson's at Silky O'Sullivan's on Beale Street, the best watering hole in Memphis. Dinner in Louisville with the world's top bourbon authority, Michael Veach. So many outstanding restaurants to choose from, but I'll settle for the opulent Oak Room at the Sealbach Hotel, looking for Jay Gatsby between bites. Just imagine what dinner would be like in Asheville with you, Marilyn, me, and Steve Martin. Between courses, perhaps we could persuade him to pick a few tunes on his five-string banjo. Pat Conroy has joined the heavenly band of angel writers, but his beloved Buford still serves South Carolina low country classics in its incomparable restaurants. For those who haven't had Carolina gold rice, 
sheet crab soup, or frogmore stew, life will change for the better after each meal. I witnessed Atlanta's food and dining evolution firsthand. Let's go restaurant hopping on Buford Highway's corridor, composed of over 100 international restaurants, representing countries like Vietnam, Brazil, Peru, Cuba, Malaysia, Japan, El Salvador, Colombia, Korea, China, and many more. Maryland, there's no need to fly to France. Atlanta's Aix-en-Provence, headed by Chef Nick Leahy, is just up the street from CNN Center and is as close to Provencal cuisine as you'll find in America, with an old and new world wine selection designed by a visionary dedicated to higher living. Florida still pulls me like a magnet, though. Cedar Key, White Springs, Monticello, Micanopy, Everglades City, Dog Island, Captiva, and Key West beckon all the time. Dinner in Sarasota with my favorite chef, Judy Gallagher, is going to be a life-changing event. My vision of a deliciously dreamy James Beard meets Julia Child moment. Come on along. We're doing everything by car and boat this year giving our best effort to channel our inner Ernest Hemingway, just waiting to be released, never shying from new adventures, particularly at the bar and dinner table. It's preparing for that day soon when this horrible nightmare ends, and it will, and we are fully prepared to hit the road again. For now, this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, at home beside the Gourmet Highway, saying I plan to see you soon in your hometown. Doc, we love you. Stay well and talk to you next week. Remember, you can still follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, go out and have a great week. My thanks to Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport, Roland Colton, author of Forever Gentleman, and of course, our own Doc Lawrence. And remember, always dream big. Never let go of your sense of wonderlust and curiosity. This is a perfect time to learn about other countries and cultures, even if you're exploring from your sofa. Experience the world through virtual tours, webcams, live streams. Grab a good book like Forever Gentlemen and search for articles on travel destinations that you'd like to visit in the future. Or how about whipping up some recipes from worldwide chefs and create some exotic dishes right in your own kitchen? Or here's an idea. Why not take an online language course and be ready to travel to another country and speak that language fluently? The bottom line is we need to seek out ways to stay connected to communities all over the world. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Don't postpone joy.